What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanez Now archived as well on the Nuanez Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Happy Thursday. NFL Draft Day. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks so much for choosing to spend some time with us. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years. And happy to say so. Ton to get to today. Rajim Seabrook actually just left. Uh, he's got some stuff to take care of over in Bozeman. Um, more on that later, likely. Uh, not great. I'm proud of him for going over there to to do what he's doing and uh, advocate for a lot of good things. Uh, but either way, he was not able to kick it today with us uh, live on the show. So we recorded some stuff for today and tomorrow. So we'll lead with that. Uh, the news of the day in the wider world of sports, Lamar Jackson, $260 million, $185 million guaranteed. The contract is five years long, making Lamar Jackson now the richest player in NFL history. That's going to be a term we keep using. Every quarterback contract that comes down the pipe, it's going to keep getting more and more. Tucker Sargent, uh, Grizzly Cross Coach, will also join us at 4.30. We also have uh, some folks... Coming in from the uh, Society of American Foresters, uh, the Historical Museum at Fort Missoula will be hosting the annual Forestry Day uh, this Saturday, 9.30 to 4 p.m. So we have some folks from uh, from the Society of American Foresters coming in to tell us all about it. And then hour number two, all things NFL Draft with our good buddy, Marty Mornaway. Coach Marty will join us in studio about 5 o'clock. So very much look forward uh, to talking all the way around. I got to some stuff yesterday. 
uh, but did not get to all the things I wanted to talk about. I also have a lot more to say about the quarterbacks in this year's draft. I know Coach Marty has some breakdowns of all the guys that will potentially uh, have their names called here uh, in the first round uh, of the NFL draft. We will have the NFL draft starting tonight, 6 p.m., so we'll roll right into it. We'll just have basically an hour-long pregame show, as it were, and then uh, we'll roll right into it. Uh, that's your show outlook. It is Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN uh, MT app. Um, I, for one, think it's a great deal for Lamar Jackson, great deal for the Ravens. I know that there's a lot of uh, knocks on Lamar Jackson, his uh, inability to win in the playoffs. Um, but he's made the playoffs pretty much perennially. He's 46-16 and 16 as a starting quarterback, so uh, I think... Uh, all good things. Uh, Going to hear from Regime here in, in just a minute. You got an update for us, Andrew? Oh, I I just uh, I rolled that bit in, so just wonder where it's at. Um, I, for one, also think this quarterback class is not great. Uh, and I think that we're going to get into all that with both Regime and and with uh, Marty Mornowig. I, I think it's okay, and I think okay gets you stuck. Okay gets you to exactly the spot where the Lions are at and the Vikings are at. And, you know, I mean, I guess you could say the, the Giants are at. And, you know, those teams are in the, the last two I just named are in the playoffs. But are they making any noise? Are they actually doing anything? I don't know. We'll get to all that and more uh, here in just a minute. But let's first start with the news that you've been saying <laughs> I couldn't care less about for four months. That's Aaron Rodgers out in Green Bay, in for the New York Jets. You're a Giants guy. You just rolled your eyes again. Uh, but at least it's finally done. At least we get to finally stop talking about this trade and we can get back to, you know, talking about Aaron Rodgers, which he loves more than anything in the world. Yeah, you know, he's his own biggest <laughs> fan. He's, a, you know, the president <laughs> of his own fan club. Um the weird thing about him now being a quarterback for the Jets is New York has had that he is the best quarterback to ever don a New York Giants, uh, a New York Jersey, period, whether it's for the Jets, the Giants, or the Bills. Do you think that? Wow. Who who else can who else comes uh, right, next? Well, to if him? you include the Bills, Jim Kelly, but I, I know, but you're right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is an all time great. That's that's the thing that's sort of uh, disheartening to me how what he's be this sort of utter reflection of narcissism that he's become, it is it is a little disheartening because from a pure football standpoint, Aaron Rodgers is incredible to watch. Incredible. I've, always, I've always loved Aaron Rodgers yeah. when he's on the football field. Uh, so it is weird what he's done. But you're right. He is the probably the greatest quarterback in New York uh, football history. history yeah. yeah it's, you know, Sands, which team we're, you know, we're, we're talking about. So sure. um, it, it's interesting to kind of have that kind of caliber of a player in, 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 the, uh, in the tri-state area. The other part that is a little uh, interesting now is the Giants will be a little more polarized. That, so that was my biggest question. Or I, galvanized. Here, here's here's what's so funny. I think this is such a funny dynamic and and a sort of unique dynamic to New York City. It is the biggest market still. It is you know the kingdom, and you know like right, what we're seeing right now with the Knicks. When they're playing really well, like they were the last Ooh, couple games against Cleveland, and, and the games are in New York, New York shows out. I mean, the, the fans are still unbelievable, and it's still, I mean, one of, if not the biggest sports towns in the United States. And uh, so that was my first question then is, the biggest adjustment Aaron Rodgers is going to have to make is he just went from the smallest market in pro sports to the biggest market in pro sports. Mm-hmm. Boom. 
You think you love yourself? Well, guess what? Now you got people following you everywhere. You're not going out to dinner with any of your famous girlfriends without paparazzi everywhere. Like, it's a whole different reality, and not a lot of places will athletes have to make that drastic of an adjustment. So, um, from a Giants perspective, does Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the New York Jets actually deflect a bunch of pressure off the Giants? Oh, heck yeah! Like, yeah. like Which then objectively makes it a good thing for the Giants, right? Oh, yeah, especially with Danny Dimes at the helm, the master of mediocrity. Um, it's it, For me, <laughs> it, it just allows... I don't know. It, 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 it'd be very interesting to see the Jets be more front page than the Giants for the first time in and that's the thing. You also gonna have, and then you're going to have Aaron Rodgers dominating the back page, which is also advantageous for all the other New York sports organizations, I think. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens when the immovable force of his narcissism meets the unmovable <laughs> object known as the New York media. Like, he's in He's in for a different kind of storm with, for his, sure. with his display He might love affect. it so much, it might actually make him like a superhero, though. This guy is, I mean... He, oh, my gosh. That, I don't know. One of the reasons why he still has such a huge platform, though, and still keeps hanging around is because he is still one of the best players in the league. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete. His persona just is, like, <laughs> about as comfortable as a wet sock filled with it's, sand. It's so funny, though, because what you just said, Rajim Seabrook here on Nuana's Now, what up? Is, uh, is what my brother and I have been talking about this, this extensively. How if you're not one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league... What's actually the difference? Like, we can sit here and rank Jimmy Garoppolo and Dave, Danny Dimes and Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr and all these guys. You can rank them 13 through 27 or whatever. No one cares. They're all the same. The but, end result is the same. Right? I guess what I'm saying is the ceiling is the same. And that's why I think this, this draft tonight is so interesting. Because I think there's five guys that have true first-round grades based on this class and based on the needs of some teams. Oh, All those guys will probably go in and be day one starters, making you then in turn one of the 30 best quarterbacks in the league. But I think none of these guys is going to be slotted anywhere close to the top 15. Oh, and no. that's why I think it's such a, no, no, no. A, a draft that has such a potential for a bust because I just think that if you don't get Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, then who cares if you get any of these other guys? They're all one and the same. I'm not going to disagree. This is the you know as we kind of segue into the draft. This draft to me is uninspiring from the quarterback position. There's nothing. There's nothing there that that just leaps off the pages for me. Um, you know, there when you you're talking about one of the you know the the QB three of 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 the league coming the boy coming out of uh, Kentucky. Um, Will Levis. Will yeah. Levis or yep. Levi's as I like Le- to say. Le- yeah, Levi's. Like, I know that, that's how it, it auto corrects in the text. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, who is erratic at best and is yeah. you know. Dang near thirty years old. Sure. So when you're talking about like that's that's your top three caliber quarterback, right. like everything else is just like here we go back to just mid level tier quarterbacks. And that's the thing is once you get one of these guys, though, if you draft him in the first round and he's any sort of okay, then you got to at least consider extending him. And all of a sudden, you're going to pay this guy so much money. I think about how much money Jimmy Garoppolo's made to play. I mean. He, he's he's been uh, Danny Dimes for sure, man. Like they're in and out of the lineup all the time, but you, you got to commit so much to him because you're scared of having anything that isn't sort of that level that of just average in the NFL. And I just think it's it's interesting because uh, you know, like don't you, we talked about this before? But don't you think that like the Giants' success last year might have actually been a double edged sword? Because then you start to believe in Daniel Dimes, and then you have to you have to pay Daniel Jones. Then and then all of a sudden you're stuck with Daniel Jones. And what if last year's the ceiling, not the beginning? 
Well, if it's the ceiling, we're in trouble. <laughs> right? You know, that's that's like the kid at Christmas who has the nose pressed up against the, you know, the window looking at the uh, the toy that they want. That's what Daniel Jones will look like. However, I feel like he's he has a little bit more room to grow. Um, you know, quarterbacks like that, you know, not just him specifically. You've also got to put the tools around him. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens. What would happen if you did put tools around Jimmy Garoppolo? What if you did? Sure, right. Uh, well, it, right. And that's a big part of the argument for sure. I mean, look, Jalen Hurts took a big jump year one to year two because he got better, but they also traded for A.J. Brown, right? Yeah. And they also built a defense to keep uh, for things sure. honest and, you know, simple, to, uh, for lack of a better term. So, um it's it's all about the development, but going back to what you were saying, you know, with with some of these quarterbacks coming into the draft, like these guys are projects. They're not. They're not. Sure. They're not. They. They're not. I don't think some of them. I, I think Bryce Young is very good. Bryce Young is very good for but sure. Like, um, I just don't. I, you know, going back to the the Levis kid, and I mean, even C.J. Shroud, who I think is the fifth best overall player in the draft. I just don't feel that it's it's as quarterback heavy. The depth isn't there to to be producing the next Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, uh, and 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 all quarterbacks of that like. So, it, 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 to me, this draft is easy to diagnose, and we have a bunch more NFL draft talk coming up. Marty Morningweg, uh, longtime NFL coach, our go-to guy when it comes to NFL analysis. He'll be in studio with me for the whole second hour, uh, so we have plenty of more uh, NFL draft talk. But I, I think that this draft is is diagnosable as easy as this. If you're going for a quarterback. You're gonna have to gamble, and, may, and and maybe you hit. The odds say that not, there's there's very there's very low to no odds that all five of these guys are good. There's also very low to no odds that none of these guys are good. At least one or two of them are is, is gonna be okay to maybe good, right? But if you're in the market for a quarterback, you're gonna have to be gambling. If you're not in the market for a quarterback, though, go with the way more sure thing. Like guys that are coming out of SEC programs right now, some of the corners in this draft, some of the offensive linemen in this draft, I'm not saying that they have the biggest potential, but they have the the lowest, the, the highest floor, I should say. Mm-hmm. Least bust potential. So if you're not in the market for a quarterback, don't go luring in with the quarterback. Go get one of the solid positions that's much more translatable. Boom, easy plug and play. Yeah, cornerback, offensive line, um, and, and edge rusher. Sure. Are, 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 and, and to the some edge extent, guys, though, have a bust potential because you have to pay them some, so yep. much. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And edge guys seem to get hurt more. Oh, well, for sure. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, high contact, you're going against the 330 pound tackles. So, of course. What are you trying to say? That's hard or something? <laughs> Give me a break. No, just play it. Um, and then D tackle. There are a couple of, you know, just there are a couple of D tackles that are, uh, are intriguing prospects as well. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing that conversation with you, Coulter. This is fire. What do you? Last question on the NFL draft. Well, actually, we have a couple more questions about the NFL draft. But uh, last question on th- this exact subject. Um, first of all, will will the Bears regret trading the number one pick? In other words, basically, what the Bears are saying by trading the number one pick is we believe Justin Fields is better than any of the quarterbacks. Your quarterbacks going number one tonight. I think it's unquestionable. A um, quarterbacks going number one. Oh tonight. yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost definitely going to be Bryce Young, but if it's not, it's going to be either Will Levis or C.J. Stroud. Those one absolutely. of those three guys is going number absolutely. one tonight. Right? Absolutely. The Bears are basically saying they think Justin Fields is all, better than all three of those guys. I would agree. So, so you think they will not regret 
trading the number one pick did. No, I think that Justin, you know, I think that we live in this instantaneous swipe right, thumbs up uh, 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 society. We don't allow for the grooming and the preparation uh, for guys to kind of come into their own. And Justin Fields did take a big turn the second half of last year. Absolutely. And I think with what, you know, you're only as good as your last game. And his, the body of work for the last like five or six games gives you a little bit of promise. Sure. And he's, yeah. he's an athlete on top of that. Like he yep. may not be the best quarterback, but he is a very good athlete. And I think that they they saw enough from that and have enough inside information on the guy that there's you know they feel like he has a promising future. So we'll see. I'm rooting for the kid. Actually, actually, I think the league is better when teams like the Bears are competitive. And for relevant. sure, I, I totally agree. Uh, Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. Uh, I'm going to go get my Sports Illustrated to play a little game with Rajim here in just a minute. But uh, I'm afraid, <laughs> very afraid. Last question on these. Um, this set of questions. Uh, what is the ceiling now for the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. Like, I, 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 Honestly, I can't answer that. And Jordan honest- Love is one of the great mysteries in the league, right? Well, he is. Because he, he's the rare guy that was drafted in the first round but that didn't have to play. And we haven't seen him. We have no idea. He hasn't had a chance to bust. He hasn't played. No, and there was a little bit of Aaron Rodgers playing, you know, uh, um, Brett Favre. Like, there wasn't yeah. a lot of tutelage. There wasn't a lot of, you know, sure, role right, modeling right. Uh, for him to come into his own. So it would be interesting. I'm still just kind of dealing with the fact that Aaron Rodgers will not be suiting up in a Green Bay Packer uniform for the first time in 18 years. So like, there's there's just a little bit of like, I'm still kind of like coping with that for lack yeah, of a better for word. Sure. So let um, me, like, I have, this is such a derail, but let me ask you this. Go ahead, Because you saying 18 years made me, made me think. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be the number one overall pick in the draft the year I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. So I always associate him with that, right? Mm-hmm. Do, do you do that, first of all? And second of all, if so, who do you associate like with remembering the things that happened your senior year of high school? Uh, I remember... First of all, I, there was a lot of things happened my senior year of high school in America. Really? Like, oh, dude. Like, uh, first of all, the Knicks were in the championships, and we know how so that is, ended. What, John's, this, nine, is this is 92. 1992. Yeah, right. so, like, America was in a really weird place. We were coming, I, you know, right off the heels of the Persian Gulf War. Right off the uh, war, yeah. Right off the war. Uh in the middle of the championship, we're watching OJ go down the highway in the middle of the NBA finals. In the middle right. of the finals, right? Or and was then, it the Eastern Conference finals? Because wasn't it Bulls-Knicks? I don't know what I regardless, do. The regardless, Knicks were, the Knicks were on TV. OJ and, was on television, OJ, brother. OJ, it didn't OJ matter. was driving down the middle of the highway. Which gave us the spawn of, which was a foreshadow of the Kardashians. Just to let you know, if OJ is not happy and we don't know what a it's Kardashian one of the most, is. It's one of the most pivotal moments in the history of, of America, right? Oh, absolutely. Just, because it was, the, it was the collective viewing, right? Totally. Everything switched. Every channel switched over to that, and everybody's watching. I was only seven years old, and I totally remember watching it. You were still wet in the bed. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that, that I mean, that's what you associate with it. Uh, what's going on in America at the time? Yeah, that, I mean that, and um, we saw. You know, we started seeing the resurgence of the. Um, of the NFC East dominating yep. Super Bowls. You had yep. Dallas, Washington. the Giants were there, Washington was there. Sure. So you had this really interesting shift of, sure. of, 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 of football being dominant. Um, yeah, there was just a lot going on. Uh, but who who I associate with, with that time um, in particular um, are guys that weren't necessarily drafted but were just mm-hmm. so well-established in the league. Joe Montana. Interesting. That's the first name that comes to my mind when it comes to football of, of that era is, is Joe Montana. Uh, 
early 90s, him and Jerry Rice doing their thing, being like, I wish those guys were wearing Giants uniforms. <laughs> Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. Totally derailed. The number one pick overall uh, in uh, your senior year of high school, Drew Bledsoe. Uh, Washington that's a good State. One. Washington yeah. State. That's Interesting, a good right? one. Who was number two? Rick Meyer out of Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. And you know what, folks? He sucked. Busted it up. Yeah. Uh, Garrison Hurst went number three. Oh, that's, no. That's wow. crazy. That's crazy. Because there was a microcosm, right? Over the last 30 years, a guy would go, like Garrison Hurst, who's a fine running back. Fine. Would go number three overall. There's... I mean, Bijan Robinson is an unbelievable talent coming so out good. of Texas. He, so he's going to be one of the best running backs in the league day one. Yep. He's not going to go in the top ten. No. Go ahead. Give me the top ten for that year. Okay, top ten. Drew Bledsoe, Rick Meyer, Garrison Hurst, Marvin Jones, a linebacker out of Florida State, John Copeland, a D-end out of Alabama, Eric Curry, a D-end out of Alabama, Curtis Conway, a wide receiver out of USC, then the best player in this draft period, Willie Rolf, a first-team Hall of Famer. First-team, first-ballot, excuse me, Hall of Famer. I'm so curious Uh, now. Lincoln Kennedy, who's a good player. Very good, Uh, solid. Tackle out of of Washington, Washington. went to the Falcons. Yep. Jerome Bettis, the bus. Oh, there you go. Went to the L.A. Rams at number 10. So two running backs in the top 10. Yep. Uh, Dan Williams out of Toledo. Patrick Bates out of Texas A&M. Brad Hopkins, an offensive tackle out of Illinois. Uh, on down the line, who's other? Uh, Robert Smith was in this draft, the there 21st pick. Yeah, he was pretty good. O.J. McDuffie to the Dolphins. He was fine. He was okay. Uh, Dana Stubblefield was an all-pro for Absolutely. a moment in time before he blew his knee uh, in San Francisco. That's a decent one. Uh, Chris Slade out of Virginia, D-end. He was an all-pro guy once upon a time. Uh, second round, though, uh, probably the other... Uh, it's funny because you could say that there's such so many no-name guys in this, but if the draft has Willie Rolfe, one of the best offensive tackles of his generation, and Michael Strahan, a second-round oh, pick. Oh, there you go. Uh, in this draft. Sackmaster. Uh, that's a pretty, then, now, all of a sudden, it becomes a pretty good draft, right? 90, drafted in 92, war 92. Oh, interesting. Just saying. Uh, Will Shields also okay. in this draft, there a third-round pick. He's also a Hall of Famer. John Lynch, so we got five Hall of Famers Ooh, so far. Oh, there we go. Yeah, in this draft. There we go. Uh, wow, I'm just scanning real quick to see if there's any other Hall of Famers. What a sweet resource this is, this draft table, and it has it color-coded to say if they're Hall of Famers or all pros, so you can kind of nice. just Nice. Well, look roll. at you. I thought, I th- see, folks, I always think the Fountain of Youth, a.k.a. Colter Nuanes, I'm always thinking giving him credit, and here he is, you know, Houdini just showed me his tools. I thought he was smarter and <laughs> Well, he's over here consulting the oh, technological sure. oracles. I, you, you shouldn't have said that. Like my myth about you is like busted. Yeah, I thought you were like you know uh, part bro. of the freestyle fellowship and letting <laughs> that like come off the top of the dome. Hey man, I, I remember a lot. That would be an unbelievable feat if I remembered all of that. Okay. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, Rajiv Seabrook in studio. Yo. All right, you ready to play a game? We're going to play a little bit of this uh, during Rajim's appearance tomorrow as well. This is just fun. Um, the Sports Illustrated from um, this month, a- April, I guess. So that's, like, I guess, yeah, this month uh, has just a fun little column called Out on a Limb by Connor Orr. And all this is is one sentence each about every team in the NFL. And it's a bold prediction about each of them. So the, the game we're playing is called Smart or Dumb. It's a very easy game. Uh, I, I read the statement. I read the statement. You say Smart or Dumb, and we discuss. It's it's very simple. Very simple. Uh, I can't fail. <laughs> I can't fail. I can't fail or get expelled. Uh, that's right. Can I uh, cheat, though? We'll start with the, okay. uh, the Steelers. Okay. Pittsburgh. The bold prediction is Kenny Pickett will make the Pro Bowl. Let's be more specific. 22 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 500 rushing yards, 3,300 passing yards, and a completion percentage of 66% or higher. 
Is Kenny Pickett going to be an All-Pro next year? That's dumb. <laughs> that right? That's dumb. Isn't that dumb? I don't. That's so dumb. You know, the only way he makes a Pro Bowl is if I pick him on playing Madden 23. Right. right. That's dumb. For sure. <laughs> next. Uh, so I. So I think Kenny Pickett is actually an important litmus test for tonight during the NFL <laughs> draft. Right. Yeah. I, because I. I think it comes down to, do you. Th- Kenny Pickett is a fine NFL starting quarterback. He's probably the twenty second best quarterback in the league. <laughs> if you can get a guy that's a is be, you got to know that the guy you're drafting tonight is better than Kenny Pickett. It's not that high of a bar, but if he's not, you can't pick him, right? No, agreed. I, Bryce Young's better than Kenny Pickett, though, right? Yes. And 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 CJ Stroud, I think, is better than Kenny. Yes. Pickett. All the rest, I don't know. All the rest to me is a coin flip. Anthony Richardson is really athletic, but I don't I really don't know. I think he's gonna be swimming in the NFL. Like grown ass men that are just bigger and stronger than everybody else, they have a hard time adjusting. It's the same thing with Will Levis. He's all muscled up, he throws the ball a million miles per hour. Yeah, but, but he like, can't he, make he, a good decision. He can't he doesn't see like, the field. Bryce Young's been coached at an NFL level at Alabama, yeah. so he'll be able to diagnose it. I mean, that Alabama quietly has become like quarterback you, right? A little bit. I mean, Kutua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, I mean, uh, yeah. on down the line. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, I mean. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Levis is, especially with his age, like when you, he's 26 years old, folks. Like, don't think I'm trying to disrespect a young man. For but sure. But at 26, if he's you're. He's got two degrees. Yeah, your, your, your acumen for, has, has not shown to be of the highest quality, um, especially for a dude that's 26 years old. You're four years removed from 30, right? right? Like, and you're and you're making decisions uh, 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 that I would expect a, a freshman to a sophomore to make. Does right. he is he physically gifted? Yeah, the dude is shredded. He's big. He's thick. He's mobile. But sometimes it's the muscle not attached to the bicep. It's the muscle uh, between the ears. No, it's that all, that's all it is, for sure, 100%. We'll get to more quarterback analysis here. On oh, sorry, let's get back to smart and dumb. Uh, one more smart or dumb. Um, you know what I have with that? My dad used to – I'm the opposite. He used to be like, I'm the dumbest smart person he ever met. <laughs> um, okay. We had a, I got to ask you this one. Is it the Giants? Nope. Okay, uh, good. Well, okay, we'll do two more. We'll do the we'll do this one and the Giants. Okay. The Cowboys will play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I don't know. Did Did Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman and Jay Novacek like? Did they are they out of like cryogenic freezing? It says. A Dallas Super Bowl feels so unlikely it almost has to happen. The hiring of OC Brian Schottenheimer and Mike McCarthy's decision to call plays are odd. Jerry Jones's pronouncements on football economics this offseason have also been weird. My instinct is to dis- dislike all of it. My instinct usually backfires. Cowboys win the NFC. <laughs> Your face. It's amazing. I wish we were on television right I now. I know, right? That's For a sure. big, come on. Who are you trying to kid? I know, right? Uh... The Cowboys are like at the best, the third best team in that division, right? In the NFC, in the NFC East. Uh, oh, they're like the eighth best team in the conference. In their division, though, they're the third best team. The Giants and the Eagles are both better than the Cowboys. I can push with the Giants on the Cowboys like that. They they on any given day they can flop, switch places. Sure, the Eagles are better though. Oh, Eagles of range. Well, sure. Great. So then if they're not even the best team in your division, you're not going to win the NFC and you're not going to play in the Super Bowl. Bye. <laughs> All right, one last one. Rajim Seabrook here on Nuanas Now. Hey. Uh, he'll join us tomorrow. We'll be recording it today, but he'll be joining us tomorrow uh, talking all things New York Knickerbockers. That'll be fun. Let's go. 
Uh, okay, smarter dumb. The Giants will re-sign Daniel Jones, not just franchise tag him. There's a great deal of lovers for Jones in the Giants building, the kind of love that pushes an owner to go out of his way to provide some short-term security. The Jones negotiations will be complex, but he's smart enough to maximize his value in this present moment. Will the Giants sign Daniel Jones to a long-term contract? Well, that's kind of like a, 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 I don't know, a redundant question because they already did. They already did, I know. Um, but and that has happened, I think, probably since this came out. I bet you this went to print in mid-March, right? Well, Exactly. Well, here's, here's the thing with that. If we, if we have the willing suspension of disbelief in this situation, uh, they were smart to sign him. They weren't going to land a Lamar Jackson. They weren't going to land an Aaron uh, an Aaron Rodgers. Almost said Aaron Jones. They're not going to land an Aaron Rodgers, and the caliber of what's coming out of college for this draft just isn't there. So you know, you signed him, you gave him a bunch of guaranteed money that's still to me unwarranted. Uh, but you went with what actually has proven is proven to to have won and won a playoff game this year. Um, you got to go with that versus what you're trying to pick out of this draft. So the Giants were actually smart to do that. The amount of money they gave him, though, was dumb. <laughs> All right. Uh, to put a bow on this and bring it full circle, yeah. the terms of Lamar Jackson's contract are out. Uh-oh. $260 million. Good Lord. Making him the highest paid player in the league at $52 million per season. Woo. It includes $185 million in guaranteed money. Good gravy. He was initially seeking $230 million in guaranteed money, uh, but settles, quote-unquote, settles for $185 in guaranteed money, but gets the overall top number. two hundred. Whoa, $260. Uh, I have these little hydration tabs, and the cap just came flying off. That's crazy. That's because oh, we make it, the mercury rise, son. <laughs> It's because they got a little water in there and it started fizzing. Oh, okay. Amazing. I- Don't worry. Just another one of Nolter's weird drinks. Uh, the, <laughs> hey. the, uh, 260 mil, though, that's the top number ever in terms of overall salary. He Amazing. settled for 185 million. I settled for 185. You want the best part about this? Dude, I settled for a buck 85 <laughs> right want, now. You want to know, want to know <laughs> the best part about this? What? Lamar Jackson negotiated this entire thing by himself, doesn't have an agent. But he 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 gets to pay. He, he can actually pay himself as a tax write off. Amazing! Like he, he there's a loophole in that. It when you get to be that rich, there's always a loophole for sure. But yeah, it, wow. Well, good on him. Odell Beckham got his quarterback. Uh, the quarterback's got a good receiver to throw. Well, that's well that remains to be seen. Um, but that's the best receiver Baltimore has ever had on their team as far as like athletic ability. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's interesting, man. That's a lot of money. Ravens draft, I believe, 23rd uh, tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the uh, ESPN MT app, the Grizz lacrosse team, on their way to the PNCLL Conference Tournament. We'll have all the action, Grizz lacrosse and otherwise, from that conference tournament on the ESPN Plus app. Tucker Sargent, the head coach of Grizzly Cross, Tuck. will join us on his way down to Washington Grizzly Stadium. They have their last practice in Missoula tonight. They leave tomorrow. All things Grizzly Cross, courtesy of their head coach, Tucker Sargent, next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas here coming to you from the ESPN MT studio on behalf of ESPN Missoula as well as Skyline Sports. We're here with one of our best sponsors or our best partners here at Blackfoot Communications. This is a fun one for me, though, because this is like full circle. This is this is life coming full circle for us. 
We're here with Judy Gear. I actually knew Judy as just a baseball mom and one of the moms of my buddies growing up when we were little kids. Judy is the channel development manager at Blackfoot Communications. How long have you been there at Blackfoot? Just about nine years. Well, so tell people just about that role. I mean, what is it that you do there at Blackfoot? At Blackfoot, we have certified channel partners uh, who sell Blackfoot services on behalf of Blackfoot. So they own their own companies. They're a local or a regional provider, and they work with Blackfoot to sell our services to their clients. So it really expands Blackfoot's reach in the area. What's your favorite part about this role they have there at Blackfoot? It's the relationships. Yeah. Blackfoot people, and I know that we talk about our culture and we talk about our people, and they are just the best of the best. And I would say that our partners are that as well. They own their own companies, they have their own staff, but I'm the conduit for them within Blackfoot. So it's a real unique role. I work with other people and other companies and other businesses on behalf of Blackfoot. Well, Blackfoot's so great at helping all sorts of different businesses grow. They've helped us here at ESPN Radio and at Skyline Sports grow so much, and it's uh, it's been a great collaboration. So if you want to find out how Blackfoot can help you, visit goblackfoot.com. ESPN Radio Missoula. It's in the tantrum. Seen them uh, at the uh, Wilma twice and at the amphitheater once. But them at the Wilma, quintessential. So good. Hope they come back sometime soon. Welcome back. Duan is now ESPN Radio. Uh, if you heard the sports center there, the Raekwon battle to West Virginia news, still certainly very pertinent. Uh, Isaac Jones into the transfer portal, certainly still uh, very pertinent as well. The big guy, newcomer of the year, who played last year at Idaho. The... Uh, the tennis news, though, uh, a little bit antiquated because both the Grizz tennis teams, men's and women's, do I have this right? They both lost the Big Sky Tournament today, so uh, both tennis seasons for the Grizz uh, are, is finished. Uh, other one piece of breaking news as of this last commercial break, Isaiah Fonse, the uh, All-American running back, formerly of Montana State, he transferred to San Jose State this offseason, and... <laughs> He's, uh, he's already back in the portal, so I don't know if that's indicative of him not winning the starting job outright or if, I mean, shocked, I tell you, that a guy wouldn't be as satisfied with his experience at San Jose State as much, uh, as short as it might have been, as uh, he would have been as, with his experience at Montana State. I mean, oh man, as the world turns, it's amazing. It's a, I, I just keep tripping down the rabbit hole of all this portal stuff and... Uh, we don't have time to go there now because Tucker Sargent, Grizzly Cross head coach, will join us here uh, in just a minute. We're calling him on his phone. I don't know if I put that in here or not. Um, the Grizzly Cross team on the way to the um, PNCLL tournament. Uh, that's the conference tournament. It's in Lake Oswego, which is right outside of Portland. And... Uh, it's a sweet facility. Tucker told us a little bit about it last week, but we will be broadcasting all the games from the PNCLL uh, tournament here on the ESPN Plus app. So uh, Jeff Safford will be on the call for all of those, uh, and we're excited to have that in our arsenal. But the Grizz are the defending conference tournament champions and uh, a team that made a run to the Final Four in the MCLA Division II playoffs a year ago. So... Uh, big expectations. They return a lot of guys. They've had an outstanding season thus far. Uh, they're rolling right now. They've played, I think, inarguably the, the toughest uh, schedule in the country at the Division II level. So, um, 
Battle tested for sure, but now you got to make it count because now you're into the uh, postseason. Sounds like we got our guy Tuck. What's up, Tucker? Tucker Sargent joining us, Grizzly Cross coach. He's on his way to practice. What's going on, man? Hey, I uh, just showed up at the field, actually. It's a beautiful, sunny day. Second one all year. <laughs> well, I'm glad they saved it for your last practice before the conference tournament. But uh, how's practice been? I mean, I, I know you guys have been ramping up for now. It's a turn to the postseason. What have you liked out of your team? How's it been the last little while as you prepare now for the conference tournament? Yeah, it's been good. You know, we've really just been focusing on the little things. I think we kind of know what our identity is uh, as a program, but, you know, there's some things we want to tighten up, turnovers, you know, unforced errors being uh, one of them. We're going over some film the last couple of nights and uh, just seeing opportunities that were sort of blown or allowed teams to stay in games where they probably shouldn't have. So big focus has just been on kind of the little things and taking care of the ball. When you get into the tournament play, I know you guys, you've you done this for years and years now, and it's a, an annual occurrence now going to the PNCLL tournament. But uh, how does how do you hope your team's mindset shifts? I mean, how does it need to shift when you get into sort of these one-and-done situations? Well, I mean, that's exactly it, right? There's not a lot of room for error. Um, so, it, again, it's just, you know, the hardest part is, you know, any of the teams that we've are, that we're going to end up facing, uh, we've already beaten this year, and so just trying to make sure that you know guys don't get complacent or thinking that because we've done it once, we'll just do it again. I mean, it's a whole new game, new attitude. And if you look at you know back to last year, we ended up seeing College of Idaho in the final game, and they smoked us nineteen to six in the regular season. And we were right. able to uh, really hone in on that. Con- um, turn that around and get a 12 or a 13 to 12 win. So, you know, we've had uh, two of the teams in the final four, we've had, you know, a pretty big margin of victory. And one of them, Western Washington, was actually, you know, it was our first game of the season, but it was a pretty tight game. So, I, you know, it's just one of those things you, you can't let guys get complacent, understand that, you know, we're, we're playing for our playoff lives here. Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, Tucker Sargent joining us here uh, on your radio on your Thursday. The Grizzly Cross team heading to Lake Oswego, Oregon. They play their first game of the PNCLL tournament uh, at 10 a.m. on Saturday. So that'll be fun. Uh, just in terms of adjusting to the venue, what's that process like? This is a great venue. I know last time you were in studio, you told us uh, just how happy you were to be playing at this venue. But uh, just playing on a sort of a, a foreign field, what, what's that part like? You know, that's, that's not really an issue at all. We spend the majority of our season on the road just given being in Montana. Um, so we're pretty used to playing in, you know, n- not home games. I think the biggest adjustment is actually going to be the weather. The fact that it's supposed to be, you know, mid-80s this weekend in Missoula and Lake Oswego. The fact that, you know, spring slash summer starting to show up is a huge difference for us. I mean, we haven't played a game in over 40 degrees all year, it feels like. So... I think the, the biggest adjustment isn't going to be the field or the venue. It's just going to be the fact that it's going to be hot out um, and trying to cope with that. And there's really no way to acclimate towards that in the span of two days. So I think it's just going to be trying to get guys hydrated, understanding it's going to be hot, you're going to feel lethargic, and we're just going to have to mentally push through. A familiar opponent, to be sure. You played Northwest Nazarene. I guess it'll be four weeks to the day since uh, this when this rematch occurs. Uh, so an in-conference opponent, a familiar one. Uh, you guys won that game 16-4, to so what do you think of the rematch? 
Well, I'm hoping it's a, it's a repeat of what the first game was. Um, obviously, you know, they're well coached. The, it, it's a newer program. The, the team is very hungry to prove themselves, and we're definitely the benchmark that they're kind of gunning after. So, you know, I, I expect, you know, they'll, they'll, they got film on us. They'll watch what we did and had a lot of success. They'll make adjustments. And I think, you know, that's what it came back to is, you know, we know who we are, what we do well. It's just tightening up and executing. You know, when we looked at that film uh, on Monday as a team with Northwest Nazarene, I mean, I felt like we were lucky to get away with only allowing four goals after you see some of the errors that we made. And obviously, we're you know we're being hypercritical on the negative side just to improve ourselves. But you know, we we really just need to not give them a chance. Um, they have one of the top faceoff guys in the country, and if he gets rolling. You know, it could be a different story. You're going to have to have good defensive stands to, you know, get the ball back. Fortunately, our face-off guy is very good, too, and he had a great outing against uh, against the guy from NNU, who's actually a Montana kid, uh, Race Neal. Um, so that's kind of fun, two Montana kids battling it out. But um, I think that's really going to come – that's what it's going to come down to, is who can get possession off the face-offs more consistently and if, if we can continue to do that I feel like we should be in a good place to win the game. Grizzly Cross begins the uh, quest for a repeat PNCLL tournament title on Saturday morning from Lake Oswego, Oregon. They play Northwest Nazarene. You can find the Grizz lacrosse game as well as the rest of this tournament streamed live on the ESPN MT app. Uh, Jeff Safford will be on the call. Uh, so excited to to pick up some regional coverage. Uh, Tuck, I know we've talked a lot about the strength of schedule uh, that you guys have played. So um, what, the last question for you, then, what do you think is your biggest advantage going into this conference tournament? How do you repeat uh, the success you had at this conference tournament a year ago? Well, I think that's exactly it. I mean, we've played a tougher schedule than anyone. So, you know, our guys are, you know, used to games not being easy and having to fight it out for four quarters. So, you know, if this game does get into that scenario, which I hope it doesn't, but, you know, conference playoffs, you never know what happens. I think that's our advantage right there is that we've been there. Um, hopefully guys, you know, understand the moment. No one panics and we just, you know, games are only getting tougher from here on out. So that's that's why we play that schedule. So, you, you know, you're more used to it when the time comes and you need to rely on that experience. Well, best of luck, man. Travel safe, and we'll catch up with you here uh, after a little while. Grizzly Cross, they start their quest for a second straight conference title on Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Tucker Sargent here on Nuanas. Now, thanks for being here, man. Hey, thank you. These uh, next guys are going to join us. Well, they're pretty crazy. I, I always loved going to this stuff when I was a kid and uh, can't wait for it to be back in the saddle again. It's the 26th annual Forestry Day at Historic Fort Missoula. It's Saturday, 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. We have a couple gents from the Society of American Foresters. Joining us next, keep it right here at Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. 
on ESPN Radio. It's finally supposed to be nice on Saturday, and I can't wait for this. This is going to be a fun event down at Fort Missoula. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas, and I'm joined in studio now by Henry Norwood and Eric Hoberg. They're from the Society of American Foresters, and these guys have joined us before, and they got one of their big annual events coming up. It's the 26th annual of this, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's Forestry Day down at Historic Fort Missoula. What's up, guys? Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having us. Uh, first of all, uh, Eric, just tell us just about, in general, what this is. I mean, I remember going to these things all throughout my life, especially when, as a little kid, and I just loved it. But uh, for people that aren't familiar, what's all going to be on display down there on Saturday? Yeah, so we'll start off with Friday. There'll be just some college kids competing, getting warmed up for the weekend. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, and the UM Woodsman team is participating right, in this, yeah, right? Yeah, they're hosting cool. it. So we have a few college schools coming in, about 60 competitors. So about 9 to 4 Friday, we'll have some events going on. Kind of low-key, but fun. And then Saturday from 10 to 4, there'll be a mix of professional and college competitors. There'll be a Draftworks beer garden, three or four food trucks, uh, steam-powered sawmill running, old cats, just everything. Pretty good excuse to just go down to the fort and get some food. You're going to eat at some point anyways. Might as well go outside and do it. But also, you're going to have some sweet stuff on display. Uh, Henry, tell us about some of these specific events. Cross-cut saw, cross sawing, excuse me, wood chopping, pole climbing. I and mean, this is just like your, your, your lumberjack competitions, right? Yeah, it's a great time. So it's essentially just kind of the everyday logging stuff of the early days of logging and we just do it competitively so whoever saws the fastest or chops the best or climbs the fastest it's a it's a great time so now are you guys both competing we are yeah. <laughs> nice okay so what are is there like specialties or does everybody do everything uh most people do have some specialties there's guys that kind of stay on the ground and then guys that log roll and speed climb and i happen to be one of the kind of all-around competitors and do it all nice yeah i, I definitely prefer uh speed climbing it's very fun. Okay, cool. So how did you guys first get into this? So I joined the UM Woodsman's team in 2002. And after four years of college... Did you I, have any experience in it before college? No, I used to watch it on TV. Oh, sure, right. Yeah. And then this is always on ESPN. And it's always right. really fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, we used to love it. Great outdoor games, ESPN. It was awesome. So I, I just wanted to get into it. UM had a team, so I joined. And then after that, loved it so much, I started racing professionally, and now I travel around the world chopping and sawing and climbing. So sweet. Yeah. I love it. How great. about you, Henry? How long have you been doing it? Uh, I was a forestry student first year, and I saw a demo from the Woodsman team, and I, I saw that, you know, I, I, I got to do this. So uh, that's kind of how I got into it. Is there a, any friendly competition? When it goes to Saturday and there's some of the, the college uh, competitors and the, the pros, is there any friendly competition there? There's a little bit, but a lot of the it's designed for the pros to help coach and teach. Sure, right, that's cool. Yeah, students. Yep. Well, uh, this is very cool. The uh, 26th annual Forestry Day down at Historic Fort Missoula, a uh, Friday and Saturday, and uh, you're going to have a bunch of college competitors on Friday, a bunch of college and pros on Saturday. Uh, great community event, food trucks, and all that other stuff uh, out there. If you want to go. Uh, to this, if you want to find out more about it, forestrydays.com, or you can go to the Fort Missoula Museum.org website uh, as well. Um, what else about this? I mean, uh, this is, are you a local guy? Uh, I, yeah. So I, the, you must love this. That you say you travel around the world, but this must be cool to have it uh, in Montana. Yeah, it's one of those bittersweet things, though, right? Because 
I don't have to travel. I, I'm racing at home. <laughs> sure. But then you have to help host and put on your own show. <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> Where are you from, Henry? I'm originally from Colorado, but I've been living in Missoula for three years. Okay, cool. So, uh, uh, and you're on the Woodsman team. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, this is a cool event for you guys. How does this help you guys out? Uh, it helps us give us some exposure. We get to meet a lot of great people. Um, I met a lot of really nice people just in the audience alone. So it, it really helps us uh, establish a community role. As a, as a college guy, do you, do you learn from the pros as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Hoberg's my main coach uh, for pole climb, but it's always great to hear advice from other people. Well, very cool. Uh, if people want... Uh so this, you're taking donations, right? And so where does that yes. raise money for? So this year, there's no uh, gate fee. It's just a request a donation, and that money goes to the Fort Missoula, uh, Fort Missoula Museum. Cool. And then they help with a lot of our marketing and advertisement, cleanup, and fuel and stuff that goes on out there. Well, if you that. if you haven't gone to the fort. Uh, you should. I mean, first of all, it's just an awesome facility when it comes to all the different things going on down there. But if you haven't been to the museum, it's awesome. It's super, super interesting. I go down there once a year, and I find myself learning something new. Uh, I mean, I go down there more than once a year, but I always make sure to do the museum tour once a year. And I always find myself learning more. Uh, so this is for a good cause as well. Uh, anything else people need to know about all this? Bring your sunscreen. This is going to be a, a warm one this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how about from your guys' side, the woodsman side? Anything else people need to know? Nice. Well, thanks so much for being here, guys. Uh, this was fun. Yeah, thank you thank very you. much for having us. We'll see everyone down there on Saturday. Friday and Saturday, uh, but the main show on Saturday, uh, you can get in, start at 9.30, and the event runs from 10 until 4. And uh, give these guys a donation because this is for a good cause. This is going to be a sweet and exciting event. Uh, we will talk all things NFL Draft. The main man, Marty Mornaway, 26 years in the NFL. He'll be here to break it down, especially a quarterback class that might be deep, but is it actually any good? We shall diagnose. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanas From your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. If you haven't checked out the M Store in downtown Missoula, you need to. At the M Store, they're all Grizz all the time. They have some of the best, but more importantly, most unique selection of Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. They got stuff that nobody else in town, nobody else in the state of Montana has available. And right now, the M Store has a whole bunch of great deals going on. April specials include huge percentage discounts on all headwear, sweatshirts, and jackets. They also are now an authorized Apple service provider. They offer computer repair. They got MacBooks, iPads, and a whole bunch of great Apple products in store there as well. Go check out the M Store, located at the corner of Higgins and Broadway in downtown Missoula, Montana. It's a great new location, a ton of merchandise, all April long at the M Store. Polos, headwear, sweatshirts, jackets. Go check out all their maroon and silver. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. 